So it is a hot, muggy summer day in Philadelphia and I am running up the Rocky Steps. These are the steps in the movie Rocky, of course, that Sylvester Stallone ran up. And I was like, getting here was not easy. A lot of crosswalks along the way and stoplights that weren't timed. So the path here was not straight, but I am running up the steps. And actually there's a lot of people running up on these steps. I'm at the top. Um, so it's not something that's on my bucket list, but it did have me wondering, you know, what's left on your bucket list? This is three women and a bottle of wine. Three friends. Three former TV reporters. And one bottle of wine. Delving into whatever interests us. News, not news. What affects our lives, because it's probably affecting yours too. Oh yes. I'm Kim Inslee. I'm Lynn Melling. And I'm Julie Barkey. And now on with the pod. Hey, it is Kim, and this is Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. I have recovered from the Rocky Steps, ladies, and still wondering about what my bucket list is and how to make sure that I accomplish some of those and things. And congratulations, Miss Kim, for Absolutely. Know, taking a up. trip up those steps. <laughs> and not tripping on <laughs> those steps. Well done. And everybody, this is Julie. And one of the things that I find hard, and I know many others do as well, there are just so many needs ahead of what we want to do with our own lives whether it's working on your career or just doing something fun like traveling. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to do. And this is Lynn. Um, I love taking my family up north, up to the North Shore of Minnesota. It's just a time together with family that just restores us. And it's something about coming over that hill in Duluth and you see Lake Superior and just all of your worries just melt away. I don't know, it's, it's true. It's healing. Coming Agreed. over the hill and seeing that. Well, more for me, travel is something that I, I tend to push off to someday, so I don't plan as I should. And recently, I met Linda Bent, who, along with her husband, Jim, co-owned Peak Travel in Excelsior. And that's where we are right now. Linda, thank you for joining us, and thank you for hosting us. Of course. Welcome yes. to Peak. We've Cheers. Got Cheers. Cheers. She supplied the wine. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the things we want to talk about um, is, is travel. Um, and you have created a tool along with Jim to help people plan for travel, but not just the where, but the when and the how. Before we get into that, Linda, though, I, I know that you have always had a desire to roam the world a little bit. So tell us about that. Yeah, for some reason, I've always kind of had it in me. I, I, ironically, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin, so maybe that's part of it. It was this incessant need for me to get out and explore and appreciate what I had, but yet curious to, to go elsewhere. And throughout the course of life, after I met Jim, we ended up doing a stint in Hawaii. That sounds amazing. It was amazing. What, what attracted you to Hawaii? Was it the... Do you know, it's interesting. We talked about going and living somewhere. And I had interviewed in Raleigh-Durham. We talked about Seattle and Portland. And then I had a very fortunate opportunity <laughs> to go to Hawaii on a TV shoot. And uh, I came back and I said, you know what? Seattle and Portland and other parts of the U.S., it's kind of a lot like the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think we should go, if we're going to go big, if we're going to go, let's go big. Go bigger. And go we wanted culture. We wanted something different. And what I loved after, so that was in April. By September, we both had jobs and we were 
our stuff was on a boat and we were moving to Hawaii. Yeah, this and was good for your career, right? And it was. We didn't think it would be. We just thought it was a lateral move. Um, but we both were given amazing opportunities um, at a at an advertising and PR agency in Honolulu, which was where our careers were founded. And we got exposed to the luxury travel industry at, during that stint. And we loved every minute of it. And now we go back as much as we can. And so to that point, you made your way back to the Twin Cities and you open up Peak Travel and you create Wanderlist. Now, what is it? And tell everybody how it works. Yeah, so Wanderlist is kind of a, if you think of how you work with your financial advisor, so they kind of look at your, your wealth assets, maybe it's financial or property or whatever, and they help you manage and, and be thoughtful about it. And we literally were leaving our financial planner one day and we looked at each other and said why can't we do this for travel as a business owner it's a very difficult business to forecast because you get a call and you wait for the phone to ring that somebody wants to go on a trip and it's a it's a hard business to negotiate and and navigate and on the other side of it as travelers we always wanted to know where we were going next and time is of the essence I mean I like to think I'm young, but I have children. Don't we all? Yes, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, you know, I'm at a life stage where I have children, te two teenagers in the house, and time becomes a reality um, sticking point. And how, why couldn't we help people like a financial advisor does with financial assets? Why couldn't we help people manage their time? And that was kind of the impotence for Wanderlust. So dig into a little bit. So let's say you do have a multi-generational home kids that are busy or you're a single parent or you only get two weeks of vacation or money. Money is always an issue, right? So what do you, what do you do to help this happen for people? So basically what Wanderlust is, and it, it's good for any of those scenarios that you just loosely threw out there <laughs> whether it's kind of reckless that way multi-gen or an individual or a young couple or a family in the situation I'm at any life stage is really applicable to this but basically it's a three-step process and it has a technology tool to it so you get an online portal just like you log into Netflix or Amazon or any of those um, online sites and you get your own account within your account is your fellow travel um, companions and each of you get an invitation to start building out your bucket list so first you get to curate on your destination so it walks you around the world and like Netflix you kind of give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down where do you want to go and 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 it starts to uncover that and then more importantly almost than destinations is experiences you want to have so we talk you through and, and walk you through on the platform do you like food and wine? Do you like horseback riding? Are you a hiker? Are you active? What kinds of things do you like? Because sometimes that dictates the destination. So you go through this process and then we come to a part in the, in the planning where we have a consultation to you. And to me, this is really the fun part because I love to get to know our clients and that's where we dig in. Don't just tell me about you as a traveler. Tell me about you as a human being because that's where the fun and the richness yeah. comes in. Well, I'd love to ask, so what, when you talk to your clients, what is it about travel that is so important? What's the underlying theme that you see? Yeah, for me, that's a really personal question and, and you ask anyone and I think you'd probably get a different answer. For me, it's really two things. One is I love the education that it brings to us. Um, I would be sad if you went somewhere and you didn't learn something. It could be as simple as anything. And the other thing is empathy. 
And to me, this again, it doesn't matter if you're going to Texas or to California where their lifestyles are a little different and their schools are different or whatever, we're learning something. As complicated as internationally, of course, we want to be globally aware. And so, Linda, you talk about education, and you are an educator when people come in and they, they have these consultations with you. Do you sometimes have to maybe redirect your clients if they might be a too ambitious for what their finances or their time might be? Yes, it's not always the most comfortable situation, but yeah, because... Also, people don't always understand the cost of things or how far places are. Like they say, I want to go to Africa. They don't realize that Africa is the size of half of the world, right? So they think that if they fly into one place, they can easily fly into another. So yes, we are constantly educating people about geography, financials, things that are kosher to do and not do when you're traveling. Um, a lot of education on the front end as well as hopefully what you receive from the experience you have when you get there. So a lot of what you're talking about really is, is, is the planning, because if you don't plan, it tends to not happen, whether it's something in your career or travel or something like that, whatever might be on your bucket list. Planning also gives you some runway, which whether you're going through peak travel and using Wanderlist, tr planning ahead can actually be a cost-saving strategy right? yeah it's one of the biggest things we say whether you're using peak or not please try to plan ahead because yes wanderlist is a tool that allows us to do it but there's some very practical reasons why whether you're a diy travel person or you're using a service like ours is it's real because i love to give the example that if you're going to italy in three months if you've just decided or finally gotten around to the planning of it and it's going into peak season, I could tell you that you're probably going to be on your fourth or fifth property by then because it's sold out. It's just a fact the world is traveling more. And also prices, you know, you, you, you have no choice then on the price you pay. So the longer you, you plan in advance, um, really the smarter we can be, the more efficient, the more practical from a property and a financial standpoint. You clearly love travel. Everybody at this table likes it in some capacity. I am just curious why you think travel is so important to most people. Jim and I say it's our drug of choice. It has become our addiction because it opens up a a, literally a new world to you on not just places and beautiful things, but beautiful people, beautiful cultures that we don't get exposure to. And now I get to share that with my kids. And as an owner of Peak, I get to share that with other people. And that to me is a fantastic thing. And, and luckily I have a business in it, but I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. it, it really is, you know, we say, follow your curiosity and that's, that's intentional. Something that I've noticed is, um, and you hear about it a lot, so millennials tend not to want to collect a lot of stuff, and there are good reasons for that. Um, they want experiences. And I would argue that a lot of people are sort of turning that corner to, you only have one life, right? So I would argue baby boomers are becoming the exact same way. Yes. They're selling their things, and they are mm -hmm. going. And how fun. Can us not quite millennial, not quite baby boomers? Can we join in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gen Xers, we're, we're too skeptical for that. <laughs> so, are, are, do, you, do you see that, that people are saying, you know what, the stuff is not something I'm going to take with me when I go. It's the experience. Yeah, definitely. And, and we do have a lot of baby boomers and we do a lot of multi-generational trips because you talk about leaving your legacy or whatever you want to call it. And people in that generation and, and 
um, and beyond really want to share those experiences with the people they love while they're still here. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, it's wonderful that they can leave financial, um, you know, benefits as well, maybe, but more and more they're realizing that life is too short and they want to do it with them instead of just give it to them to do some other day. And so Linda, I'm sure most of our listeners are thinking, oh, I wish I could hire her to help me map this out. Without giving away any of your trade secrets, because we know how near and dear those are to your heart, can you give a couple of maybe pro tips that can help the person who can't afford you plan something that might work for them? The number one thing is I really do suggest planning ahead if you can um, if you can do that because for the reasons that we stated and for peace of mind and, and other things. So let's dig into that because to me planning ahead is next week. <laughs> and others, it's two months out. For others, it's a year out. Right. So can you give us maybe a little, um, just a little more detail there? Yeah, I would say for, you know, Europe is probably our largest destination. 40 to 50% of our business is booking European travel from the United States. I would say anywhere from minimum six months to eight, nine, 12, depending on it. Because like if a lot of these destinations have a short season, Greece, for example, May is off-peak season. We love to do that because the prices are better. There's less saturation of tourists. There's a lot of tips like that. So May and September and October, great little sweet spots for Greece. But they have a short season. You don't go the rest of the time because the weather doesn't pertain. So know when you're going and cheat it a little bit from off-peak uh, if you can. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice then? So for listeners, this is it's probably going to be dead of winter when you're listening to this podcast. Any fast, easy places that they could go for cheap that they're like, oh, no, I forgot to plan ahead. And, and Should we I'm mention Linda's going to Antarctica, so the cold <laughs> yeah. does not bother her. It doesn't, and it's not cheap, but it's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I, any any fast places to get out of the snow if you haven't planned ahead? Yeah, I mean, we, we do a lot of Southern California, Florida. There are some great places, especially family-friendly. That's another question we ask. Or do you want adults only because you don't want the hubbub of toddlers running around? You know, people have a preconceived notion about Mexico. Some people have run their course on Mexico, but Cabo, for example, or other parts of Mexico are still wonderful places that still have availability. So, one of the, uh, Julie brought this up earlier before we started, and I actually have a friend who's going to Australia, and one of the people she's meeting uh, uses a wheelchair, and she was saying how difficult it was. She was just trying to find um, a place you know where they could stay that could accommodate this person so do you accommodate people who have different needs and how do you find those places yeah this is you know the old school little black book now it doesn't really exist because that would mean you're writing things down probably but ours really consists of partners in over 150 countries around the world and we do a fair amount of um any range of not even just disability but mobility issues and 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 things like that where you need to be sensitive to and you want to make it a fun trip for them you don't want to draw attention to it you want to make it easy and that is where when we are working with our partners on the ground it's critical um, we make it very clear what mobility issues they have how do we plan ahead of it them even arriving on the ground of how we're going to ad address each stage of the trip um, so it's very important. You know, another piece, Julie, that you brought up is tips for, for people at home. Um, I would also advise on the pace of a trip. 
Some people love to go, 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 and they have every minute of every day planned, and they're staying in one hotel tonight and two hotels the next couple nights, and by the time they come home, they need a vacation, mm -hmm. right? And that is something that we're very careful to understand about our clients. Some will do it, and we warn them, and they know, and others are really we recommend how you pace yourself because you want to come home feeling rested and feel like you had a great vacation. That'd be another tip I would suggest for our people at home. And um, if anything, they can just listen to your voice because that's going to be comforting and soothing and relax them <laughs> on the way home. Yeah, right. So download this podcast for your plane trip home, everybody. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a short break and we come back our final flight. Three Women and a Bottle of Wine is supported by 515 Productions. 515 Productions is a video production business with base camps in Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa. Ian, who's so great, and his crew understand the art of creative storytelling, and they know how to make video look really, really good. Learn more at 515productions.com. Our logo was created by Leah DeSaltz, a creativity guru offering art workshops to everyone from business executives to book clubs because we all have untapped creative potential just waiting to be unleashed. You can find her contact information on our website. You can stay up to date on our podcast by checking out our website, threewomenandabottleofwine.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll find behind-the-scenes photos and, of course, much, much more. Be sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back with the final flight. I'm going to go with the obvious question, Linda. What's on your bucket list for a place you want to travel but you haven't yet? I'll give you a short one, which is Nashville. I haven't spent much time there, so domestically it's high on my list, and I have to admit I'm a country music lover. And bigger, um, Rwanda and Uganda to do the trek with the mountain gorillas. Um, they're, they're in danger, and it is a very, we, we have sent several people, and my husband Jim has gotten to do it without me, so it's my turn. And luckily I get to go in January. Wow, that sounds incredible. All right, my turn. What is a big travel mistake some people make? So one of the biggest ones we find when people come in to talk to us is they either bring an itinerary with them or they talk about a cocktail reception they were just at where their neighbors are telling them all about their trip. And so our biggest tip to them is don't take your neighbor's trip because they hiked four days. You don't like to hike. <laughs> they, you know, they, the details, right? Yeah, yes, I mean, things like this where it is also imperative for us to get to know the clients because 80% of our business is customized itineraries. We do it to how you like it. And you, if you are planning it at home, do that as well, obviously. So don't take your neighbor's trip or at least understand the differences of why you wouldn't. All right, she's been everywhere. She, you know, has a tra travel agency, Peak Travel. What is your favorite trip, Linda, and why? I think my favorite overall destination, which we joke about, and I just made a joke about, is Africa, because it's half the size of the world. But two trips in particular, um, one to Southern Africa. I love Zimbabwe with Victoria Falls. I've been able to take my kids a couple times, and it is so fun to travel through their eyes as well. Do you want to adopt me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I go can yeah. I stow away in your luggage? And then the other one in Africa is I was fortunate enough to lead a women's trek and we summited Kilimanjaro wow. in Tanzania. Oh, that's oh. incredible. That was that gives me goosebumps. Yeah, that was a that was hard, but it was so empowering and I I loved it. It was amazing. Oh, sounds fantastic. And then we went on safari and had gin and tonics. 
<laughs> That's the way you wrap up. I like that, Linda rules. <laughs> Sounds horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Our thanks to Linda Bent from Peak Travel for hosting us. That's Peak, P-I-Q-U-E, travel.com. And we will post a link on our Facebook page. And if you're listening from Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe and rate us. Please, please, please. It, it matters. It does matter. And, of course, look for another edition of Three Women and a Bottle of Wine next week. Thanks so much, ladies. Thanks, Thank Linda. Thanks.